This is the Hockey News Podcast. Hello, hockey fans. Welcome back to the Hockey News Podcast. I'm Matt Larkin slash Edward Frazier slash Stephen Ellis today, uh, filling in for both of them. It's been a busy few days. We know Matt's uh, on going to Las Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. So and you're going to Vegas too, right, Ken? I am. Yep. So. And then off to the draft after that. That's right. To join my good pal, Ryan Kennedy. Ryan Kennedy. Yes. And yet you've been everywhere the last few weeks. Yes, I have. It's like, how St. many days? St. Louis, Boston. Nah, what was it, 20 days on the road? 20 days for the final. Yep. Yeah, they didn't stretch that out at all. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. That's a good length. <laughs> yeah. I like how there was, there was nights where there was no Stanley Cup or NBA final game on. It's like, get together, guys. Like, yeah. Got a Google Calendar. Well, they're they're like, putting in that extra travel day now, regardless. Yeah. But I don't get it. Like, like travel's easier for pro athletes than it's ever been. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you know, you're going Boston, St. Louis. You're not going from, you know, Montreal to San Jose. Yeah. It was a pretty yeah. easy trip. I, I don't know why they had to have that extra day in there, but. And, and you mentioned the the NBA right now. As we're recording, there's a huge party going on in Toronto. Yes, yeah. we're not there. We're, we're kind of we missed the party. Yes. Yeah. But we're here to talk about another party. We're talk, here to talk about the St. Louis Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Now, Ken, you obviously got a pretty good look at it. Uh, but you said that you think this is a one and done for the Blues. Yeah, I do. I mean, and, and there's no harm in that. There's no, you know, I mean, that's great. It's better than none and done. Exactly. Yes. Um, you know, but but I, 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 you know, I mean, if I had to choose between this team being, you know, the 2010 to 15 Chicago Blackhawks or the 20, 2006 Carolina Hurricanes, I think I would go with the latter. Um, and, and you know, I mean, you look at the situation, you look at, like, the teams that have sustained it, right? You, you look at you look at, you, you look at Chicago, you look at L.A., and you look at Pittsburgh, right? Um, I think the big difference between this team and those teams is there's no superstar power on, on the St. Louis Blues. I think we can all... We can all agree. Ryan O'Reilly's a very good player. He's a damn good player. Yeah, yeah. but nobody um, expected them to be yeah, last place yeah. so early. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and you know, granted, they were the best team in the NHL from whatever, February on or January on. I, I just don't see this as a sustainable thing where they're going to win a couple of cups in a few years. I think this is a, a one and done, and, and it's going to be a, a great accomplishment for these guys. But I don't... I don't see this being an annual thing, is is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and you look at the division they are in, the yeah. Central. I mean, they could be knocked out in the first round next year, and no one would bat an eye. Right. Or they could run into Nashville. They could miss the playoffs. They could miss it all together. You know, yeah. I think a lot depends on on Jordan Bennington. Totally. You know, I mean, even though he's done this, I don't think you can say that the St. Louis Blues are absolutely certain they know what they have with Jordan Bennington. He could. This could be just uh, the best. Six months of his life. Cough, cough, Cam Ward. Yeah, or yeah. or this is he it. could be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I don't think anybody knows right now. Yeah. Um. So I think I think that's gonna that's you know I mean if they've got the you know the the if they if they've got somebody who could be like a, a star elite quote sort of superstar guy that might be the guy. Yeah, and it's interesting that. If you look at their lineup right now, they don't have a future Hall of Famer. And I blogged on this the last week. Right. Every Stanley Cup team ever has had at least one future Hall of Famer. Even, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes were a very surprising team. You mentioned them yeah, before. Mark Recchi. Mark yeah. Recchi went in. Yeah. All, and Rod Brindamore is a bubble guy. He could go right. in this summer and right. you know, people wouldn't be surprised. Right. But 
you know, you can look at those teams, even the ones that aren't there yet, like Pittsburgh. Well, you know Crosby and Malkin are going in. Chicago, you know Taves yeah. and Kane are going in. Yeah, yeah. Los Angeles, you know <laughs> Dowdy, maybe Kopitar, maybe Quick are going in. Right. You look at St. Louis, and it's just a really good assembly of really good players. Like right. Alex Petrangelo, is is he just a really good player, or is he a Hall of Famer? No, Vladimir, he's just a really good really, player. Yeah, Vladimir just Tarasenko. Really just a really good player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Colton Pareko. Really good player. Yeah. Um, still at the beginning of his career as well. Right. So it's interesting because are we seeing a team that just broke the mold uh, or are we seeing a new trend? I think it's probably one where this is going to be a team that says, yeah, every team ever has had Hall of Famers, except St. Louis. They were just really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and, think you're right. And now we look at Bennington. He's a restrictor free agent. And I know you wrote an article. With of, arbitration rights. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what is what is his next contract? I would say somewhere in this six to seven million, if it's a long-term deal, um, that's you know that would put him in the probably in the top five, top six paid goalies in the league. I mean, you look at John Gibson, a guy like that, right? Like he's got a bigger body of work at the NHL level, but he hasn't won a Stanley Cup, and this guy has. So I think that I think that that sort of offsets that sort of thing. Uh, the great thing about this whole thing is 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 if St. Louis really doesn't know what they have with this guy and they and they really want him and they really want to see what you know they want to take another year or two they can just take him to arbitration if he doesn't go himself right Mm. and then and then you end up with a deal that's fair because it's it's decided by an arbitrator and both teams have to come or both sides have to come in with an offer that's reasonable right because the arbitrator is going to pick one or the other um and then that buys a bit of time to see if this guy actually is you know the next Whatever. Yeah. If I'm Jordan Bennington, I take them to arbitration and I use that day as my day with the cup. <laughs> Bring the cup in like, with you. Yeah, yeah. That's my case. <laughs> but he, but like, like, let's not fool anybody here. He ain't getting Carry Price no. money. He's not getting Carry Price. I don't money. think you even want that burden if you're yeah. Jordan Bennington. Yeah. I mean, you want yeah. that money, right? It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I would take that money. Like even Carry Price almost looks bad at that price point. <laughs> yeah. Just, just because no goalie really looks good at that. Type right. Of the yeah. goalie market's completely different. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, to move on from the the St. Louis Blues because that's kind of old news now at this point. Uh, a team that St. Louis obviously knows a lot about San Jose. They are signing uh, Eric Carlson to an eight-year contract, and I believe it is uh, north of eleven million dollars per season. Ninety-two, ninety-two million total. Mm-hmm. So, first thoughts. Ooh, <laughs> I, I think that's like my thought in a nutshell. It's like, whoa, that's a long time for a guy with one and a half ankles. Yeah, yeah. I think the first couple of years are going to be fantastic, and San Jose is still going to be one of the better teams in the league, but. How sustainable is that? And you know, you're you're putting a lot of your cap space in a guy with a checkered injury past, and that would be my worry. I, I think that he's still super accomplished, and yeah. you know, he's still an all star, one of the best defensemen in the league. But I just get really nervous about that term. They had to do it. Yep. But that makes me nervous. Yeah, they had to do it to keep him. If they wanted yeah. to keep him, this was the contract that they had to give him. Uh, to keep him. So obviously they wanted to keep him in a big, big way. Um, I, I would have thought, you know, I, I would have thought that he would have signed by now if he was going to stay. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, obviously they pulled out all the stops. Again, I've got, you know, some real concerns about the length of this contract. He'll be 37 when it's over. A 37-year-old guy with with that sort of ankle. Yeah, is, is, is probably not going to look good towards the end. But it's going to look good now. Yep. His numbers have been fairly decent. His analytics have been excellent. 
Um, you know, and and I think what it does is it just tells this market and this these players and this team. You know, there's there's a statement here. Okay, we think we can win, and we're going to do everything it takes to to make that happen. What I think the residual effect that's going to be really interesting is here is so how does that affect uh, Joe Pavelski? Yeah, right. Mm, how does that yeah. how does that affect you know has has have they suddenly run out of money to give to Joe Pavelski? And if so, then what happens? Then he's an unrestricted free agent, and uh, away we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. Because when you look at a guy like, like Carlson got criticized a lot for his play early in the playoffs and things like that, but he still finished with 16 points in 19 playoff games. That's pretty good. Yeah. A lot of that was also power play in minutes and getting the opportunity to play with a guy like Brent Burns who can generate a lot of that. That makes sense. But let's say his ankle does hold up. We're looking at the end of his term he could still be a good second-pairing defenseman, and you've got a really yeah. good secondary option type thing. But, it, again, I, I'm never a huge fan of long-term contracts because they almost never work out the way it's intended. Rick DiPietro, example. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know what? If they win a cup or two in the next five years, yes, yeah. that, then that's it did thing. work out the way you're... Yeah. Then that's it did work out the way you're expected, even if he, even if he's no good for the last five years of the contract. Yeah. That's what you're doing here. Yeah. Like, like, you're not... And, 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 I mean, Doug Wilson would never come out and say this, but... I'm sure Doug Wilson is thinking, I don't give a darn about 10 years from now. Right. I don't care. Like, Dave Nonis was the only one who was sort of bold enough slash dumb enough to say that <laughs> when, they signed, when, they, when, they, when they signed um, David Clarkson. He was like, yeah, I don't care what this contract looks like in five years. I care what it looks like now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and if that means all of a sudden now San Jose can go win the Stanley Cup or compete for a Stanley Cup next year, you got him in your prime years if he's healthy next year. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, dangerous team. And then if you bring back Joe Thornton, obviously on a little cheaper contract, then you do have the question: they have some depth guys they got to worry about. Is their goaltending going to hold up? Because again, I don't think anyone's got confidence in Martin Jones. Last year, the whole talk was: was he going to be bought out? And obviously. He did enough in the playoffs. He sure did. Yeah, he sure did. He did more than enough. I thought he was. T- I thought he was outstanding. I'm fine playoffs. with Martin Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he gets a yeah. bit of a rough ride because I mean the Sharks. Well, they give up. They give they up give ten up. bell chances exactly. all the time, right? Yeah, when Carlson yeah. or Burns are on the ice, you know something's going to happen. You just don't know. <laughs> you what. just don't know which end. Which end? Where? Yeah. 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 All right, to so move on to the other big news that we've heard this week, we know that Dallas Eakins is now going to be the man in charge of the Anaheim Ducks. This is an important thing because I think we can agree that he kind of got shafted quite early in Edmonton. Right. This is a guy that probably should have been given a longer leash, especially looking at how many coaches Edmonton has gone through. Well, it's interesting, eh? Because in the last month, look at two of the new coaches that have been hired. Ralph Kruger. Ralph Kruger Ralph and, 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 and Dallas Eakins, yeah. right? Eakins, Eakins, Eakins. Uh, you say tomato. Uh, but But... You know, I mean, Ralph Kruger had to go and run a football team for five years, and Dallas Aikens had to go to the minors for four years to get, you know, to have that stink finally rubbed (laughs) off of them, you know? Yeah. Which isn't fair because, I mean, they're, you know, I mean, they were both put in pretty untenable situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for, for, is this the right move for Anaheim? Was he the right choice? I absolutely think it was. I absolutely think it was because there's so many, there's so many trends that, people are trying to catch up to all the time, right? And usually by the time you, you you reach the trend, everything's changed. But I think this is a trend that you see is that, you know, you build from your team from, you know, the farm team. You know, I mean, Washington Capitals, I mean, for all the star power they have, they had an enormous contribution from 
their their Hershey team in in the American League. You know, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning with John Cooper coming up with those guys. You look at Jeff Blashill coming up with those guys in Detroit. I think that's the trend that you're going to see. So, I mean, if you're truly rebuilding and you're going to use the guys that you've had, then why would you not bring the guy that ushered those guys in? The, you know, the guy that you know, the, the guy that ushered Sam Steele in and and Troy Terry got and, a lot out of them, and, and yeah. you know, and and previously guys like Shea Theodore and and Brandon Montour and guys like that. You know, so why would you not do that? I, I don't know if he's going to put them over the top or if he's going to quote unquote turn things around. But at this point for this rebuild, I think he's a really good guy to have there. Yeah, and this is a team that is going to need their youth to step up because we know Ryan Kessler is already done for the year. You know, Corey Perry, they were trying to move him. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, it was still yeah. still kicking, oh, but yeah, yeah. you know, for how much longer, it's hard to say. He's got a lot of miles on that big frame of his. So you're, you're going to need those guys that you mentioned, and Max Jones, another one, yep. where you're going to need those kids to step up. Dallas Aikens knows how to push their buttons. I mean, San Diego had a pretty nice playoff run in the really Calder good. Cup. They, well, they, they they made the conference final. Yeah. Yeah. They lost in six games. Two of their losses, one was in overtime, the other one was in double overtime. Yeah, so, I mean, that always bodes well for the future when you're having success on the farm. And I, I think because he's got that experience, but he was always seen as a pretty progressive mind. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's nice. It's, it's a nice fit. I think Anaheim made the right call here, and it also it does send a message because if you don't hire him, then what do you what are you saying? What do you yeah. say to your yeah. organization? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And no, I agree. It, it's you almost can consider him kind of a new face. Like we've seen a lot of guys getting recycled because his stint with the Oilers was so short. Yeah. It almost feels like this is a totally one hundred and thirteen games, right? Lockout short. I think he was. Was he lockout short in uh, season, and then part of the next one? No, or something? Kruger I can't was lockout. Was he? Yeah. yeah. yeah it kind of gets all blurry around. It's like a year yeah. and a half. So like that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not a whole lot of no. to work on. Tell me about it, yeah. said Taylor Hall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, to move on to some other news that we heard, um, we saw that Dion Phaneuf uh, is one of the guys that have been bought out. We're not even going to talk about Andrew McDonald. We kind of know that that was expected. But yeah. Dion Phaneuf was a guy that uh, a few years ago was obviously like a top pairing guy. Had some good time in Toronto. Some decent Good, times decent in time. Uh, yeah. It kind of just started to go downhill from that. What are his options kind of going forward? Because he's still, he's still kind of got a few years left, right? Yeah. Or has his body kind of maybe the physical play that at the beginning of his career, has that kind of worn him down maybe a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he's either going to go somewhere on a short-term deal for not much money, or he maybe he's a PTO in the fall. Yeah. Maybe he's a PTO. Maybe he goes somewhere... Yeah, Arizona or something. I don't yeah. know. Like as a as a PTO signs a deal and maybe, you know, just it's a lot of money to pay for a guy who's just going to chip it off the glass, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of money to pay a guy. So you can't do that. So he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be making a lot of money, but he's he's already getting paid quite a bit <laughs> yeah, from the buyout. So he's okay. And this is something we've seen quite a bit in recent years where teams will bring in veterans on PTOs and and earnestly give them a chance. You know, we saw it with Scotty Upshaw a couple of times. Yeah. I think Scott Gomez did one at one point. And what it does is not only does it push the kids in your organization where you say, hey, we're not gifting you a roster spot. You've got to beat these savvy vets here. Right, right. But it also gives you a free look at somebody that maybe you kind of pull out of the bargain bin and say, hey, you know, if we can get Dion Phaneuf for seven hundred thousand dollars yeah i don't th- i don't right. think he's going to be quite that cheap but but i think it, it will be, be a lot cheaper <laughs> yeah like, like what was it his contract that kind of 
led to like obviously they needed that cap space but would we be talking about maybe how bad of a year he was if he wasn't if he was maybe four million dollars as opposed to seven million dollars no, 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 because you have to be judged by how much money you make. And I've I've had this argument with players. Well, you can't judge us by how much. Yes, you can. Yeah. Absolutely, you can. Because the salary cap is yeah. a weapon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if he's a lot cheaper, he doesn't get bought out maybe, and, and maybe they hang him around as a as a sixth defenseman. But you can't pay a guy that's in yeah. and out of the lineup yeah. and, you know, sort of a specialist guy, that kind of money. You just can't. Exactly, like a specialist guy playing – basically to the level of a bottom pairing guy yeah who yeah, yeah he's got a veteran presence but uh, again he, he was not as fast as he used yeah. to be he's kind of just a shell of his former self the, the thing the thing i think too to remember here is he's a pretty proud guy like oh yeah he's a, he's a proud guy and you know you're gonna you're gonna see i would think you're gonna see a pretty motivated guy mm. in the fall who wants to prove people wrong Maybe won't be able to, but but is going to want to prove people wrong, and and there's a lot to be said for that kind of, you know, that kind of motivation in a guy that's that proud and has that much experience. You know, maybe he does come back and and is a you know a, a decent contributor. Yeah, because he's also played on a lot of bottom feeders in his career too. He played yeah. on Toronto when yeah when guys like well, I guess it was after base but, protect. But yeah, but but I mean, but I mean they were bottom feeders because. I don't want to come out and say it, but you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't because of him. I, no, it, no, but it was partly because well, of him. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, you know, I mean, when you're – that team had some flaws. And when, yeah. you're, when you're go-to crunch time guys or guys like Phil Kessel and Dion Phaneuf, it, that says something about your roster construction. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put that blame on him, though. That's more of the team was inept and could not put it together a proper roster. We're still finally – we haven't seen them become a true contender yet right, at this point. Right. Um, and then we look at, obviously, L.A., an old team, and he kind of didn't really improve that situation there. So, uh, I, again, I don't know. I don't know what his next option is because he's got to go for cheap, but I don't think he's going to take an under-a-million-dollar contract. I, is he worth $2 million? He might be. He might be. I think he might be. That, that would be it. That would be okay because, yeah. you know, you get him on a one you get him on a one-year deal at $2 million, and if it all goes sideways, you bury – what how much of that in the minors one point something right so your cap hit isn't that high um yeah i could definitely see that being the case all right so ken you wrote a pretty good story about the columbus blue jackets in our recent issue pretty good in the free agent issue of the hockey news so if you haven't picked it up yet Still a lot of time to do so, and it's going to be pretty exciting this summer, yeah. even though Eric Carlson's no longer a free agent. Yeah. Uh, we nailed it. It didn't yeah. age well. We knew he was going to be on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the Columbus Blue Jackets, they're looking like they're going to be losing a lot of their big stars. Yeah. Uh, what do they need to do to stay a contender at this point? Well, I think that, I, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to lose Bobrovsky. They're going to lose Panarin. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know that. Yeah. Uh, they may or may not lose Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne may or may not sign with Nashville, <laughs> um, so that that's a big hole out of there. Out of there, but I don't, I do not think the sky is falling in for this franchise. Um, you know, I mean, it, it it was interesting that when I went there, it, it was interesting how open they were to talking about it because, like, usually I w- I was going there with the with the impression that it was going to be like. Yeah, well, you know, we've dealt with that internally in the room, and and you know, uh, we're not going to talk about it anymore. But they were they were very they, they 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 were very like open about it, open about the situation, how they dealt with it. They dealt with it in training camp. They basically put it out on the table, and they said, "Here it is." And John Tortorella said, "You know what? 
you, you know, this is how we're going to deal with it as men. You know, we're going to deal with this. It's it's going to be part of what we go through all year. And it's not an excuse. And I, I was very, actually very impressed by the way they dealt with everything. But going forward, I mean, you know, I mean, they've still got a pretty good team. I, th- I think they've still got the makings of a, of a, you know, of a, of a pretty good roster. I mean, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois is, is going to be an elite slash star player in this league. Uh, they've got, I mean, their defense core. I mean, you know, Seth Jones is a, is yep. a Norris trophy waiting to happen. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, does Elvis come in and Elvis Merzlikens, does he come in and become the next Sergei Bobrovsky? You know, does he do that? Um, I think that's going to be a big part of it. Um, but I, I think they're they're going to be fine going forward. I don't know if they're going to be a juggernaut or a or a powerhouse, but I, I think they're they're going to be just fine. Everybody is replaceable. I mean, this time not quite this time last year. You know, everybody thought the New York Islanders were going to hell in a handcart. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they were better with John without John Traver- John Tavares than they ever were with him yeah. in terms of the results that they had ever. So, I mean, it is a shame though to kind of see Columbus like this was the best team they've ever assembled, and all of a sudden it's starting to crumble. Well, it's not crumbling. They knew this. Well, like they yeah, knew yeah. this. They made this conscious decision, right? Yeah. Like they could have dealt Panarin at the deadline. They could have dealt Bobrovsky at the deadline. They didn't have to go out and get Matt Duchesne. They didn't have to go out and get Adam McQuaid and all those other guys. That whoever, yeah, does it Ryan Dezingle and whoever else it was that they got? They didn't have to do that. They made that conscious decision because they felt that they had to give it a shot. And, you know, good on them for it. I mean, They shot their shot. They, they beat Tampa. I mean, they beat, they beat the uh, historically good team from the regular season. They didn't make it halfway through the playoffs, which was a disappointment. Um, I think had they won that series, I think they would have been in the final. Um, I, I thought that the winner of that, at that time, I thought that the winner of that series was going to win the Stanley Cup. Mm. Um, and it was it was close for a while, and then Boston pulled away. Um, so you know, I mean, it, it it was still, I think, a pretty special year for people there. I think they they got re-energized. I think you had to re-energize that fan base. They made people. They did grow very yeah. cynical. I, yeah. You know, I mean, there they are. You know, the Blue Jackets again. Yeah. You know, so uh, you know, I think I think they'll be fine. They made people fans. And the one player you didn't mention was Zacharensky. So like that's yeah. that's just yeah. future, more talent. Yep. That's just awesome to see. Uh, moving on to future watch. Uh, we aren't talking about any specific draft prospects, but one guy that's been kind of interesting, um, at least in recent news, is Matt Savoy. So what's going on with him? Yeah, so Matt Savoy is a player out in WHL territory who went for exceptional status so that he could join the league full-time a year early. Uh, He was not given that exceptional status by Hockey Canada and uh, I guess Hockey Alberta would be the other governing body involved. And so shortly thereafter, he committed to the University of Denver. Then he was taken first overall by the Winnipeg Ice, also previously known as the Kootenai Ice. And then Matt Savoy went to uh, a rookie camp, training camp, whatever you want to call it, with the USHL Dubuque Fighting Saints. And then all of a sudden, the WHL, uh, it seems, has cleared up something that Savoy could play more than the standard five or six games next year in the dub. Because in the WHL, they have a bantam draft. So unlike the OHL and the Quebec League, when you get drafted, you actually go back to the minors in your home province or wherever you're playing, and you play another year, and then you go to the WHL the year after that. Now, 
in that first year, you're allowed to play a handful of games to get your feet wet, see what it's all about. Essentially, exceptional status would have allowed Savoy to play the whole year. Now we're hearing it might be 40, maybe even 50 games next year. And from my understanding... That's the season! It's basically the season! season. What have we got, a 70-game schedule? (laughs) 68? It's up there. 68 or 70? Yeah. That's the season! Yeah. So, so they're basically they're basically excuse, they're going around. Please, yeah, they're 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 doing an end around around Hockey Canada. Yeah, because this is this was not this was not the WHL's decision. No, it was the, not. The the the, uh, the exceptional status was not the WHL's decision. It Correct. was Hockey Canada's decision, Correct. right? Yeah, right. So, so they're basically doing an end around around the around Hockey Canada. Yes, and what I've been told officially is that <clears throat> you know there are exceptions in place for 15-year-olds. Now, there is actually a recent example of this. Kirby Doc, who uh, is up for the draft this year, when he was in his, uh, I guess, midget year, the Saskatoon Blades ran into some really bad injury problems. So instead of Doc playing five or six games, he ended up playing 19. Um, so that is an example of an exception. Guess given what? Fifteen. Guess what? Player X for the Winnipeg Ice. Yeah. Guess what? You're injured. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. You're hurt really bad. Everybody. That's a concussion. You're done. Yep. Everybody's an upper body injury. So the me- the mechanics are there to make this happen, and obviously the WHL wanted Matthew Savoy to play in their league since he was taken first overall in the Bantam draft, and it seems like. Uh, they've figured out a way for him to play more than just a handful of games. He should have gotten it anyways. He should have. He should have gotten exceptional and status sh- anyways. Yeah. yeah, he and Shane Wright are pretty much on an even level. And I'd yeah. say at the Canada Winter Games, we saw Savoy play just as good as Shane Wright. Mm-hmm. And this is, we're talking like 2022 NHL draft at this point. We are, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it's still quite a bit away. Yeah. We also have Brad Lambert from Finland, you know, the most Finnish name you're ever going to hear of, yeah. who's another top <laughs> prospect. <laughs> That's pretty much how we all thought. Uh, it's going to be a really strong draft that we're looking at. Mm. And, and just to point out how good Savoy is, like this is a guy that was dominating kids much older than him. Yeah, like, and it would have yeah. been a big black eye for the dub if he had gone NCAA. Yeah, but we also kind of, thought like he wasn't actually going to play in the NCAA. It was more of like a cover up, smoke and mirrors, like give me what I want type thing. That's kind of how we looked at it. We can speculate. Yeah, and the next on the docket, Connor Bedard. That's they're gonna right. Have to de- they're going to have to deal with this <sighs> all, over, all again. over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like, again, like these are these are special players. Like Jack Hughes was denied exceptional status. <laughs> how that Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the OHL is really <laughs> thrilled about that. Because you and I sat in Jack Hughes' kitchen yeah. A couple of months ago yeah. and talked to him about that. Did you not get the impression that he wanted to play in the worst way in the Ontario <laughs> oh, Hockey yeah. League? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is crazy because he went out and put out some records with a, such a strong team. So yeah. it worked yeah. out, I guess, in his favor. But uh, to say that, I don't know. Like, well, who's to say that he wouldn't have been a stud in the OHL? Well, he would have been. Oh, we got it. Oh, yeah. Bring it over. Hot off the presses. Oh, look at that. This is look huge. Look at this. Glorious. Glorious. So this is our new issue. I think you want this issue. <laughs> You're going to want this. This is, uh, first off, a fantastic cover. Shay did a yeah. great job with this. Uh, and we cover pretty much every league you possibly want. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you did a cover. St- you did a story on Jordan Bennington, correct? I did. Yes. I did, as a matter of fact. A, a deep dive, if you will. Mm-hmm. Talked to a lot of people from his 
his past and present. Uh, he's not the most talkative guy in the world. No, nope, not at all. Um, but uh, but he's interesting. I, I the whole part of the theme of the story was you know hopefully we're going to get to know this guy a little bit better over the next few years because mm-hmm. I think he's pretty interesting. But he's not he's not putting himself out there much. Yep. So this was delivered hand hand delivered by uh, Graham Rooston and uh, our new producer for today, David. So uh, thank you everybody. This is uh. This is pretty cool. This is a nice magazine. Yeah, I'm going to go now. I want to read this. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> I, think you, I think you had something to do with it. I, I haven't read the stories yet, so I guess there's that. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of uh, uh, you, Mr. Ken, you have a hot take about uh, Nazem Kadri. I do. I and do. This is, this is not the first time you've had a hot take about Kadri on this podcast. You talked about him uh, after the suspension. Okay. Whatever. A few weeks know. ago. Grandpa, Grandpa's memory goes a little bit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's, yes, my hot take is that if the Toronto Maple Leafs choose to trade Nazem Kadri, which they may very well, or not choose, but are forced to trade Nazem Kadri in the in the off season, I believe that the destination will be the Anaheim Ducks, and I believe that they will be front and center among the suitors for Nazem Kadri. Why? Why? Because of what we talked about a couple of segments ago with Dallas Aikens being yep. being uh, named coach of the um, of the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Dallas Aikens and Nazem Kadri for the, uh, the better part of two years went like this with the Toronto Marlies. They were just butting heads all the time. Yeah. And at one point, Dallas Aikens finally got through to the kid, right? <laughs> and he is as much a reason why Nazem Kadri is playing in the NHL as anything right yep. now. And he made, he helped make him an NHL player. He knows the kid. He knows what buttons to push with him. He brought his father in for a meeting. And, 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 he, and he basically, you know, it was Nazem's father and, and Dallas Aikens on the one side of the table and Kadri on the other. And they were like, okay, it's time to, to get your stuff together, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that I think that there's some familiarity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he brings an awful lot of what Anaheim would like. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're losing Ryan Kessler. They can get a Another Ryan, Ryan Kessler, Kessler type yep. of player mm-hmm. back. Um, so I, I believe that if, if, if he goes on the trade market, uh, I think you can book it right here. That the Ducks, if they don't get him, it won't be for a lack of trying. Nice. What do you... What do you trade if you're Anaheim? Ah, I mean, you got they you got, got a lot of assets. Good young guys. And I mean, Leafs players. need defense. Yeah. So maybe there's a fit there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go into our mailbag questions for the week. Well, the first one we got asked is, uh, I'll, I'll just keep this as a bonus question. Illuminati by nature asked, are hot dog sandwiches? No, because sandwiches are two separate pieces of bread with stuff in between. A hot dog is connected. They're like wolves and dogs. They're related, but not... Not the same thing. Yeah, and the guy's name wasn't the Earl of Hot Dog. It was the Earl of Sandwich. All right, that, that's our official take on that, that one. Wow. You're never getting that time back. No. Nope. Never getting it back. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bruins Coach 3788 asks, what kind of contract is Charlie McAvoy? 3788. I'm, I'm thinking that's Bergeron Pasternak. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, yeah. That's probably what I'm looking at, yeah. Uh, what kind of contract does Charlie McAvoy get? Well, I, I think he's going to get an eight-year deal at $8 million a year. And I think he deserves good. it. I think yeah. he deserves it. Everybody's looking at the Aaron Blad deal as a comparable here, right? Yep. Seven and a half times eight. You, you know, you adjust for inflation, eight times eight. Does that mean he's going to be making more than Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, 
you know, David Krejci, uh, you know, Pasternak, uh, you know, everybody else on that team, he's going to be the top play player? Yes, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's a 21-year-old stud. Yeah. And this is a team, yep. in my mm-hmm. opinion, that this championship window is not closed. No, no. They, they, have, they have some years left yeah. where they can, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win a cup, but I think for the next four to five years, this is a team that is going to be in the conversation. And that's all you can hope for yeah, now totally. in the NHL is to be among the top eight to 10 teams that has a chance to win it every year. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. And I think that's what the Boston Bruins are going to be. And I think you want to you want to tie this guy up for his best years. I think a bridge deal would could be disastrous for the Boston Bruins oh, in yes. a couple of years. I think you want this guy. You want him signed. I think he's your. I think he could be your future captain. I think he's 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 a, he's an emotional, like gutsy guy with lots of talent. I I think in my, if I'm the Boston Bruins, here's your eight times eight. Let's sign it. Let's get it done. Yeah. And the, the amazing thing is when you get to like year six or seven of that contract, you're saying you're, to yourself, I can't believe McAvoy only makes $8 right. million. Yeah. yeah. And I, that to I me can't, is the key to I can't that. believe a 28-year-old Charlie McAvoy is making this kind of money. Yeah. 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 Two-time Norris Trophy winner Charlie McAvoy yeah, yeah. is yeah. now the fifth highest paid defenseman in his division. Yeah. you. Ju- I just don't like... You just don't screw around. No. You just yeah. don't. It's all there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. whatever you need, Charlie McAvoy has. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to Joe Hall 21. We're going to kind of change a little bit of his question. He asks, what, what good UFA targets are for Canucks? What are the Canucks' needs this summer? What do they need to do to be a contender again? Because I think, like, we, we saw that their goaltending could be pretty good this year. We saw yeah. that they've got some good young guys. But if you're Vancouver, why do you make that mistake again? Like they the went thing. out and signed. They went out and signed Louis Erickson, yeah. and now they're going to trade him for Milan Lucic. You know, I mean, like, why? If you're in this building mode and you've got this coach who's molding these guys, and they're coming along, and you're in a market where people aren't going to lose their 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 stuff if you, yeah. if you're not a great team, like, why do you rush that along by signing some guy? Like, is Matt Duchesne going to move the needle that much for these guys? Mm. Like, really? You know, I I think the best UFA signing for the Vancouver Canucks would be. No, no UFA signing. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I think yeah. their summer plan should be patience. And, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about, you know, Alex Edler maybe leaving and, like, Jim Benning is, you know, the ball's in his court to get Edler back. And it's like, how old is Alex Edler? <laughs> yeah, like, yes. when Alex, like, by the time you are ready to contend for a Stanley Cup, he won't be Alex Edler will be retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you do not worry about that right yeah. now. If anything, you say to yourself, what can we get for Chris Tanev? Or do we need to wait for next season for Tanev to up his game back up a bit so that his trade value is better? Right. You have a lot of puzzle pieces right now. You're not going to contend. What you need is for Quinn Hughes to play like 20 minutes a night in his rookie year, figure things out. You need Quinn Hughes to make mistakes. You need Quinn Hughes to be on the power play. You need to see if Ole Olevi can be a contributor right now or if he needs more time in the minors. You need Elias Pettersson to rip it up again. Mm -hmm. You need Brock Besser to have a full season. Like, I mean, Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson are, are you know, and Bo Horvat, those are the guys that are going to bring you to wherever it is that you end up. Yeah. Wherever it is that you end up, whether it's as a, as a contender or in a middle-of-the-road team, whatever, mm. those are the guys that are going to take you there. Yeah, and you need Thatcher Demko to get starts. Even if he loses a bunch of them at the beginning, you just need him to play. Nothing can be accomplished 
in the 2019-20 season other than development, and that would put Vancouver on a great road. That's not fun because we all kind of agree. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the last one we got mm-hmm. is there was another trade that happened. Uh, Dominic Cahoon went to the Penguins. Ali Mata went to the Chicago Blackhawks. Lars Ma asks, how does Dominic Cahoon fit into the Penguins lineup? And I'll kind of change that. Is how do each player fit in the lineups? And I know you wrote mm-hmm. an article kind of looking at how this team, both teams kind of look good long term. Yeah, it's interesting because Chicago and Pittsburgh have been two of the most dominant teams in recent years, but now they are not. And I I think with this trade, it's interesting because with Cahoon, it's very low risk. Um, You know, he makes under a million dollars for this upcoming season. Then he's a restricted free agent. He's the type of versatile forward that you could put on Sidney Crosby's line. He's, you know, he's a quick guy. Kind of what what Riley Shan should have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of like that. And, and. He had a pretty decent little rookie season there. He did. You know, he was okay. Yeah, and he played with talented players. Like, yeah. he had some good chemistry with Debrinkit. Yep. So you know yep. that he can play, you know, at the top of the lineup. Maybe you try him with Crosby. You try him with Malkin. You see which one works better. Um, and then you look at Mata, and he's locked in for a couple more seasons at, I think it's 4.1, basically. So, you know, if you're Chicago... To me, Olimata is like a placeholder because they have so many good young defensemen coming yeah. up. Yoki Haru has already played 30-plus games in the NHL. Gustafson. You know, yeah. Gustafson had yeah. 60 yeah. points last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, Adam Boakvist is coming. Yeah. Uh, Chad Chris is coming. Nicholas Bodan is coming. Um, you know, Ian Mitchell is doing one more year at the University of Denver, and then he's going to turn pro. You're going to have all these options. But in the meantime, you still have – the old guard of Keith Seabrook, uh, and now you have Mata. So for me, this is kind of like a convenient trade for both sides. I don't think it moves the needle one way yeah, or another. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's kind of like a nice, like fresh. This is kind of a fresh start yeah. trade. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with you, Ryan. I don't think this is. You know, we're going to look back and say, you know, this was a great trade for both <laughs> yeah, teams, oh, yeah, or, or somebody, or somebody got. You know they're butt handed to them on <laughs> yeah, this one. Exactly. I, I think it's you know two weeks from now a, we forget it happens. It's kind of a it's kind of a trade. You know? Yes, it kind of sparked off the off season, I guess. Sure, kind of. It's a little bit of fun yeah. while, we, while we wait for the Jacob Truba and while we right for, exactly, yeah, exactly. Trade. Phil Kessel. I'm going to give you this. Thank you. So that's it for this week's episode of the show. Make sure to check out the newest issue of this magazine because I think this is beautiful. This is such a great cover, but the stories are great in it too. And we got any league basically. You'll see SHL, CWHL, CHL, NCAA, Junior A. We even got into some more of the weird ones. Junior we E. We did. Some There's a local. map. There's a map. A very Check good out map. The map. We have a map. We've got yes. a map. Uh, right on. Shay and Samantha, our two designers, uh, went for a lot of work for that one. Uh, and also make sure to check out for our mock draft podcast, which is going to be coming out soon. And you guys are going to the draft. You guys excited? We are. Darn right. Yes. All right. So uh, that's it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. However you consume this, thanks for following.